Next on BYU Sports Nation, who won BYU Football Pro Day? Where is tight end Moroni Laulu Pututau in his rehab, and when will he be ready for 2019? Plus, Jaron Hall having an impact on the gridiron and the diamond. Other than the center field wall, where will he make the biggest impact? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, April 1st. Let's just get it out of the way. We're not going to do anything weird with that, okay? No. Nothing. Zero. What, like, we're not going to go there and tell you something that's false, okay? Or is is that the April Fool's joke, Jerem? No, come on. <laughs> Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is anything but an April Fool, Jerem Jordan. My mom always tries to get me. Here's what she sent me this morning as she was driving to work. She goes to work very early at 5-something in the morning. So she, she Marco Polo's me, hey, Jimmer was traded to the Jazz. And I was like, Psh. The Jazz would not trade for Jimmer. Come on. No. But I was like, did they? And I go to Twitter. <laughs> so she got me. She got me. But I want to call my mom out. I love my mom. Okay? Parents divorced at 11, raised me for a couple. You know, she was great. Like, she's the rock, right? Mom, the one year you said Bruce got hurt, you crossed the line. You really <laughs> did. That's not okay. All right? I told you then. I'm calling you out on national TV and radio again. Not Okay. Okay, that crossed the line. Jimmer, that's fine, but no injuries. You got to get up early, literally, to get Jerem Jordan on April Fool's Day. I was like, no. Pre-5 a.m. Marco Polo about Jimmer is the way to go. I should have been a little more prepared. (laughs) Let's just say I'm more prepared for this show than I am for that situation. Here is your April Fool's Day show lineup. Tight end Moroni Laulupututau of BYU Football discusses his rehab effort and why he's feeling blessed and better than ever. Jerem, it's final four week. In our BYU bracket. <laughs> and for college basketball? Yes. Oh, uh, that too. A, a note, uh, B- Brigham Young has the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four of any team in history. Uh, sorry, currently. That is not currently, an April Fool's joke. Currently. Uh, 29. That, that is reality. Utah State has 21. So the Aggies uh, need eight more appearances and no Final Fours just to catch BYU. Aye, aye, aye. BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood joins us. He hit a milestone over the weekend. The Batcats rolling. Here are your Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Sione Takitaki as a third-round draft pick by the Washington Redskins. Whoa, day two? To quote Reuter, Takitaki should be a force as an attacking inside backer for Washington. The team needs help in the middle after releasing Zach Brown and starter Mason Foster is scheduled to become a free agent in 2020, end quote. Third round? That'd be incredible. Day two? Third round would be wild. I'm expecting him to be day three. BYU Baseball beat St. Mary's 5-3 Saturday to sweep the three-game series with the Gales. Nicely done. Mitch McIntyre went yard for the third time this season. One and two. Here comes Lamelli. There goes McIntyre. Way back. Way back. And it's gone. Chicks dig the long ball, Spencer. Yes, BYU's they do. Tied for the top spot in the West Coast Conference. Six wins in a row in league. Eight in a row total. 21-5 and five overall. They're playing great ball right now. Uh, the Cougars play Utah tomorrow in Salt Lake on BYU Radio. Eight Eastern time. 
Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin from one of the all-time great baseball commercials. So good. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Number 10, BYU men's volleyball losing in three sets at number 8 USC. 25-20, 25-22, 25-21 on Saturday. The Cougars just 1-7 and seven on the road Whoa. this season. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez leading the Cougars with nine kills. The second time he's held under double digits this season. The Cougars are 12-10 and 10 overall on the campaign. It's certainly a rebuilding season, and we thought it would be, but maybe not to this degree. At the Stanford Invitational, Erica Burke-Jarvis broke her fourth school record in the last three months. This is after having a baby, by the way. In the 5,000 meters, 15-38-12, beating the previous record by six seconds. Wow. What did you do after you had a kid? Uh, I did what I normally do, which is just eat whatever. Uh, All-Americans Connor Mance and Clayton Young ran the fifth and sixth fastest 10,000-meter times in school history as well. Woo. In total, 29 Cougars earned regional qualifying marks. Congratulations to all 29. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Football Pro Day has come and gone once again a Friday football phenomenon. Okay, maybe that's a little bit much. The Underwear Olympics. Really, it is. The Underwear Olympics. We went into the day wondering which of these guys, knowing that Sione Takitaki would not really do anything but position drills and Corbin Kafusi was not going to that was a surprise. compete because he doesn't feel 100% ready to do that. He's got individual workouts. So with those two guys out of the mix, we were like, who's going to be the guy that can help themselves the most? Jerem, after all said and done, who helped themselves the most on Friday. You called it. You said Braden Elbacker would be the guy, and he was. Uh, his bench rep, uh, bench press reps, 24. That would have been tied at, for fifth at the NFL Combine among running backs. Okay, Granted, for a fullback, he should have more than the average running back. But he showed well. I was told Friday that when scouts come during the season to visit BYU, they always ask for Braden Elbacker film as a special teamer, as a fullback. This guy's going to get a look in the NFL. He's not going to be drafted, but he's going to have an opportunity as a free agent to be a fullback and a special teams specialist. We saw over the last two seasons him blow up multiple dudes on special teams, on kickoffs specifically. I thought he did really well and looked in great shape on Pro Day. It was fun to watch him. His vertical leap, 32 and a half inches. What? For a 238-pounder. Broad jump, 9 feet 5 inches. He had marks better than Squally Canada and some other athlete positions on Friday. Yeah, like that, uh, good for Braden Albacri. And here's the great thing about him. Yes, he's a special teamer. He'll come at a relatively cheap price if he is a free agent. And he seems like the prototypical guy that a team can be like, yes, we really want him, and we're not going to have to pay him a ton, and he's going to do all the dirty work, and he's going he's gonna to give us exactly what we want on special teams. Literally, as a fullback and special teamer, it's, like it, it's not dirtier than that, right? Um, I really like what he did in the combine, too, because we get caught up in the combine. Oh, he did this. It's like, well, what if you just stunk in the season? Then you don't get a shot. Like There have been some BYU players the last couple of years who did really well on pro day, but didn't Play well in the games. Like, you're at a certain position, you got to do a certain thing. They didn't do it, right? Um, so, what Braden Elbakri did was have quality film, and then he had a quality pro day. That means he's going to get a legit opportunity to be on a practice squad and maybe crack a 53 man roster at some point. We'll see. And that would be quite the thing. The former walk on fullback oh, man. from Sandy. Uh, like, awesome. Love it. Michael Shelton and Dylan Colley did some good things. They had some impressive numbers in certain categories. We'll see what transpires there, but I guarantee you 
Braden Albacri is going to have multiple free agent offers when the draft is done. Uh, Jeremy, we also all won with Bracken Albacri when he was interviewed by Jason Shepard about watching his brother on Pro Day. Listen to this. You are here to support your brother, and I know we'll make this quick because he's kind of in the process of doing stuff. What is this like to be here watching your brother go through this? Dude, it is so awesome. It is seriously, he's the man, and I'm so pumped for him. I'm probably more stressed than he is, dude. I'm like sitting on it. He's, I'm like, oh, come on. Go, let's, let's. You're not really supposed to yell, but I've been yelling. Well, and, and this is something I'm sure that uh, in you know in another year or two, this is going to be your future. Are you kind of taking notes as to how this goes and maybe how you handle this kind of stuff? Uh, not really. Actually, I haven't thought about it. I'm just focusing on him, dude. I've been like praying all week. Just come on, like with your speed, you know, <laughs> give him speed. And so, well, how do you think he's done so far? Then I think he's done well. He's going to be happy with his with his vertical jump for sure. His he's the best shuttle guy I know. His eligible is amazing. He's quick. He's agile. He's quick. He's funny. He makes me lots of money. Look, this is all. <laughs> all right. I'll let you give it. I have. We'll, we'll let you give that over the bracket. Awesome as always. Thanks. I appreciate you. 70 seconds long that He's interview. And like three or four different iconic one-liners, including a reference to a knight's tail. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a threat than Dennis Pitta to take a spot on this show. Come on. He's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> yes. Find yourself that uh, somebody that supports you the way that Bracken supports yeah. his brother. I never Brady. had a brother. I wish I had uh, Bracken wow. back as my brother. Jaron Hall continues to be the story of spring in BYU sports after taking over number one reps for the injured and recovering Zach Wilson at quarterback. Meanwhile, he's making an impact on the diamond with the 21-5 and Batcats. Great catch Thursday night in center field. And uh, another great catch uh, was, it? Uh, I think, Saturday. Got a uh, assist second base. Will Jaron Hall have a greater impact, Spencer, in baseball or football this year? 100% baseball. Because he's already making an impact in baseball and he's already filling in for an injured player. Danny Jelovich goes down crashing into the wall in the bottom of the first inning on Thursday's game against St. Mary's. And Mike Littlewood turns around in his dugout and says, hey, does anybody know if uh, Jaron's in the building yet? Because he's coming over from practice. And sure enough, they said, yeah, he's uh, lacing up his uh, sneakers right now. He's got his cleats on. Okay, well, tell him he's got to go in. And then two innings later, he makes this leaping catch into the wall, similar to what Jelovich did. And thus, the impact, literal and figurative, is already being made. So, Jeremy, you mentioned the assist. We just saw that on the BYU TV side. The great catch on Thursday. Mm. It's going to be baseball. And he's already hit a game-winning single against Utah Valley. He had two RBIs in Thursday's game. I don't know how much more he can do in baseball, or sorry, how much he could do in football to overcome something that uh, he's already produced in baseball. Like, he would have to be a significant contributor in football to overtake this. We all hope that Zach Wilson is healthy and uh, epped, that he's really good. Yeah. Okay, And yeah. I think we think he's going to be good. And if he's healthy, Jaron Hall will play limited amounts of time. Mop-up duty, if that, right? So I hope it's baseball because uh, Jaron Hall's a significant fielder. He is really good. The bat right now... Uh, I think that he can take steps to improve that. He's batting 143, 4 for 28 this year. He's had some notable base knocks, as you mentioned. But now that spring football is over, he can be 100% baseball. He can focus on that. He can get that batting average up. But he is a tremendous athlete. I think BYU's got a tremendous situation here with the sophomore Zach Wilson and the redshirt freshman Jaron Hall. He is a true freshman in baseball, by the way. Redshirt freshman in football. So I hope it's baseball. If it's football, that means that 
there was an injury, and I want to knock on wood. Hold on. Literally knocking because on wood. we want health for everybody, um, but especially at the quarterback position. But he's an intriguing uh, storyline, and he had a tremendous spring game. Uh, looked good. I know it's a spring game, but still, I mean, this, this guy can make some plays, and I'm excited to see him play on the diamond and on the football. We'll ask Mike Littlewood about Jaron Hall and his progression at the plate. We know that he's doing it in the field. Fun to see him make big-time plays in back-to-back games on Thursday and Friday. BYU, the Batcats, by the way, have now won eight straight games. So we'll get oh, to that fire. in just a moment. Now, Jeremy, you mentioned being fooled by your sweet mother on April Fool's Day. She's sweet most other days, Spencer. Marco Polo at <laughs> 5 a.m. Jimmer to the Jazz! She's coming. <laughs> I was like, no. I love that you but actually had to check. Well, I you was like 85% no, but I still checked, and that's how she got me. <laughs> What's the craziest BYU-related story that you would maybe believe on April Fool's Day? It's not a, there's not a lot, because I'm like, what? I guess the BYU hired a coach today. In basketball, I'd probably jump at that. The other one is the Big 12 is holding expansion meetings in July. I'd probably be like, what? What? Maybe. Because I'm still holding on to like negative 8% hope on that. Is that even possible? It depends on the year as to what we would be susceptible to believing. But yes, some news about the BYU head coach today would be oh. like, uh, yeah. W- wait, I know it's April Fool's Day, but maybe there's some truth there. So that is definitely one. Matt Carlino transferred on this day on like four April or five Fool's years day. ago. Yeah. And, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and you, that post-gimmer you sus- was sus- never the same. You suspected something. Like, hey, what if, what if Matt Carlino transfers? That'd be crazy. And then, bang! Matt Carlino transfers. And I was like, wait, what? This is real? On, a- on April Fool's Day? Yeah, that's why we can't do anything legit with this. And we will not. Or will we? Yeah, see? That's the thing. <laughs> I I want to be a credible news source. I ain't going after that. No. <laughs> it's definitely head coaching news for BYU basketball yeah. this time around. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything there? I don't, when do you think that could be announced, by the way? Like, like, how soon do you think that could happen? By this week. I think the end of the week. It would be the earliest. It would be in BYU's best interest to do that because the National Coaches Convention happens at the Final Four. To find some assistance. If your head coach is in play, then you can go and network and say, hey, I got this thing going. Do you want to join me and my team in Provo? I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, if it was in the middle of the week either, if BYU had that person nailed down. Perhaps that person is nailed down on Wednesday, but typically we find out about these things at like 5 p.m. on Friday. So Not necessarily here. In the NFL, yes. <laughs> so who knows when it's going to be announced, but I would think it's in BYU's best interest to have somebody in place by this week so that they can network at the Final Four convention and try and put a staff together. Yeah. Our question of the day, what is the craziest BYU-related story that you would believe on April Fool's Day? No Jimmer to the Jazz, no Big 12, maybe some coaching I want to just see Jimmer play. I'm not worried about the Jazz. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At YFangirlJB on Twitter. Ooh, I like this one. An update in BYU's recent Nike contract making the switch to 100% royal blue. I, I think at some point that may be a thing with BYU, but it is a multi-million dollar decision. I don't think people understand that. Like To, to switch to royal blue would be a big deal. We've embraced the royal blue on our show here, but... In terms of the football team specifically, that's a different decision, 
right? And, it's and, become like 60%, 40%. Right. And why not just use it as an alternative because you sell more it's cool. Yes. Like the navy blue, the BYU navy blue will stay. The royal blue yeah. is now making more of an impact. But it's like 60 To me, it's 40. the dessert, right? You don't want to eat dessert as your primary meal all the time. Or do you? Coming up, baseball coach Mike Littlewood gets win number 200 with the Cougars. His prize? A trip to Studio B. That is not an April Fool's He said joke. it's better than Disneyland to me this morning. I don't believe him. Moroni Lalu Pututau of BYU football trying to get back to 100%. He walks Jerem through the process he's been going through since injuring his knee all the way back in September. This is BYU Sports Nation. Is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After a National Player of the Year award at BYU and a five-year NBA run, Jimmer Fredette found himself dominating competition in China and still pursuing a return to the NBA. A new documentary chronicling that journey, journey called The Lonely Master, debuts on BYU TV Saturday at 10 Eastern Time. Jimmo Dashan, live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can watch the show, BYUSN.com, whenever you want. Jerem, recently you had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Moroni Lao Lupututau. He, he went down in the post, backed me down, and just scored at will. It was really hard. What was the final score? Uh, 11 nothing. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. That's good news for BYU Actually, football fans. Actually, he's recovering from a knee injury, yes. and I just shot threes. Never mind. I forgot I won. If he's dominating Jerem like that after that injury, that is fantastic news. In all seriousness, Moroni was giving BYU a significant advantage before he went out with an injury against Washington. The Cougars were ranked number 20 and playing at Washington when he suffered that unfortunate season-ending injury. And this is the second in as many years that he has gone through. It's been a long journey, long mental test for Moroni. Jerem, one-on-one with MLP to discuss that journey and how close to 100% he is. All right, Moroni, uh, spring ball has been different for you. Obviously, you're recovering. So where are you at in your recovery post-surgery? So as far as timeline goes, I'm about six months. Um, Percentage-wise, it's hard to say, but simply I I feel pretty great. I feel great where I'm at. How long until you're 100%? Same. It's kind of hard to say, but my goal would be to be ready by fall camp. That's what I'm pushing for, and that would be about a nine-month timeline. And uh, so I'm going to hope for the best, hope for that, and hope to be ready by then. Okay, remind uh, everybody exactly what the injury was in your knee. It was against Washington. Yes, it was against Washington, third play. I was on the backside of his own. Um, yeah, basically I tore my ACL and my MCL, um, complete tears. So... We went in and did a full reconstruction of both. And it was kind of the state-of-the-art thing uh, with Dr. Uh, James Andrews, was it not? Or, or his, his surgery, I guess, in Alabama or something? Yes, it was uh, James Andrews. I heard a little bit about it, um, but it's so new, and it was only you know whispers here and there. And, and so it's kind of crazy how it came to be, but basically we heard about it from several coaches and other people, and, and I was kind of the one to be like, hey – do you think this can happen? I kind of brought it forth to the doctors and and said, hey, like, I'm willing. I just need to know all, all the facts. Like, is there a risk involved or is it just potentially better? Is it going to harm me in any way or is it only an upside? And so I thought I was asking all the right questions to see if I should do it. And um, 
the doctors were on board and they're amazing and they they made it happen within two weeks um it's kind of crazy dr andrews um out east uh, a lot of people have worked with him just so happens that one of the doctors that scrubbed in on the surgeries moved here two weeks before i got hurt and so we were able to contact him and uh so dr kimball dr Valentine, and that doctor i don't want to say his name because i don't want to i want to quote it wrong but uh, he actually came in and helped them um show them how to do it and and they performed the surgery here so when and where was the surgery it was here, just over here at the hospital, and then it was, let's see, October 11th is when I got it. So that was during the season. Um, so what was this season like for you as you had a really successful first couple of games and then unfortunately kind of had, had to watch as you uh, recovered post-surgery? Yeah, it's kind of hard. I look back and I'm like, dang, I did two years of, I'm going to do two years of rehab for four games. Um, but it was a blessing. Those four games were a blessing, and... And it was good to play because, you know, it reminded me of how much I love the game. And so it was that full rehab from the list, Frank, and then came back. I got to play four games. And, yeah, like you said, it was it was going well, and I was excited, but things happened. And so here I am rehabbing again, and I'll be ready again by fall. Talking with Moroni Lalupututau, affectionately known as MLP because people don't know how to say your name. Uh, but we do because it's been a few years. How did you cope with that emotionally? For some people, it's it's harder than others. How did you deal with it? Oh, man, if you had a week, I'd tell you. But anyone knows that whoever's gone through an injury like that, you know the ups and downs, and it's not easy. And I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, I was all positive and, you know, the whole time because I wasn't. But I tried to find things um and hold on to those things and stay positive and honestly i'm surrounded by amazing amazing support group my wife and and the coaches here and the the training staff the doctors here they're amazing and you know they keep me up but me i just tried to just look at the bright side like hey someone else is going through this maybe you know putting my stuff out there i put some stuff out through social media and just kind of made it a mission of mine to find out why this happened and that's motivated me to keep going you know find out why this happened and, and turn it into a blessing so do you feel like you can be the the same player or better I do I do I feel like I can I can get to back to where I was um, because I've done it once before with a major injury and uh, with this support group like I said I, I feel like I really can get back to normal this season will be unique in that Utah is the opening game. And we just heard the team break huddle, and they said, beat Utah. How much? And you're wearing red, but that's okay. Uh, Backpack. <laughs> yeah, cover that up. Let's be like Hawaii red, I guess. I've had this in sophomore year of high school. <laughs> sophomore year of high school backpack. I haven't got a new one. So. I don't really care. Throw it away. Um, the... the the fact that this team had a lead of 22 times and, and like, oh, it was right there. How has that been a motivating factor for this team going into the season? I mean, it just proves that we know we can do what we go plan to do. We know we can win. You know, we've showed that and we've showed we're a great team. We have great coaches. We've shown that. We, we, we have the talent to match up with anybody. We just got to finish. And so that's our mindset, I think, that's been really good this offseason is finish everything. Um, I know listening to the players, they were excited about finishing practice, finishing spring off right. And so that's our mindset. It gives us that, that confidence that you know we can, we can beat them. It's no uh, strange thing to have some of the starters out for spring ball, and but this year it feels like they're a lot. How do you personally stay engaged with the team concept despite the fact that you're not necessarily participating in practice physically? Yeah, it's been hard, and that's actually been a different spring ball than I've ever had because 
other times that I've been injured, I've at least been able to be out here and watch. And so what I do, I watch the film every day. I watch the film even if I'm not here. I watch every single offensive play and and kind of see where everyone's at and just keep. And I love football, so it's it's not like oh I gotta watch film. It's like I'm watching film too long, and my wife tells me to go to sleep. So <laughs> I, I, that's how I've been doing it, just staying engaged and then talking with the players. Hey, how's it going? You know, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys feeling? How how you how you doing? And it uh, keeps me involved that way. It sounds like the team will execute an offense at a quicker pace. Is that a result of, hey, we want to go faster, or we just know this offense better now? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's uh, our coaches realizing they want to put players in positions to succeed, and they've seen kind of who we have. Um as far as offensively, and I think they believe that we can be successful going this direction. And I think we've seen it in spring ball. What are your observations of uh, Jaron Hall as he's had an, an opportunity to kind of show what he has a little more? I love watching Jaron, man. I love watching Jaron. He's like a brother to me, honestly. Um, KJ's older brother, him and I are really, really close. And so I've been, it's been a joy to watch him progress. And honestly, I, as I watch the film every day, he has only gotten better. And if you watched him, if you're following him, he's only getting better, and it's impressive to watch. Could you play a second sport like that in the same season like this? No. I, I'm, I'm up to here with school. I don't know how he's doing it with two sports and school. Um, it's impressive. But it's a, it's a demonstration of his character and the kind of guy he is. Weren't you a, bas- you were a basketball player in high school too, right? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Could you have played basketball and football given the opportunity, like a Kapusi or something? Given the opportunity, maybe. Maybe in another life. I would have. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't thinking of it. The uh, when BYU went one in twenty-five, they recruited a guy named John Mawala. He was an offensive lineman. He could be the John Mawala. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Too late now. I'm not too old. Yeah. And and by the way, you're a senior this season. I think I thought you were a junior, but this this is it for you, right? This is it for me. It went by so fast, man. It's crazy. But this is my senior year. This will be the last one. Well, good luck in recovery, and we hope to see you on the field against Utah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll be there. State-of-the-art surgery, developmental stuff, and Moroni is benefiting from that. We saw him running, jogging up and down the field four months post-surgery, and we were like, whoa, four months ago. Yeah, he says his goal is to be back by fall camp. So it's not like he's like a few weeks away per se, but he was a weapon for BYU. I thought you could argue that he was BYU's offensive MVP through the first four games. I thought he was that valuable. His blocking was incredible. Ask Squally Canada about that. Which was a new thing for him, right? Because the year before, he had switched to tight end. He injured his Liz Frank in full camp. We didn't know how good of a blocker he was. We knew he could catch the rock. But he was doing both and really good. And Matt Bushman had actually kind of been in that number two spot. Now, if both guys can get healthy, and Matt Bushman, conversation with him coming up this week from practice, uh, from that same practice on, uh, on Thursday, which was the last practice, um, he's getting uh, back healthy as well. So if you have those two guys, I really like that matchup against any two other players in the country at tight end. I mean, those guys are really good. Hey, if I'm Morona, I'm telling all my teammates, hey, we were ranked number 20 and 3 and 1 when I went down. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to you guys. What, what the heck happened to the rest what of you guys? What happened against Washington, the rest of the game? I get injured and we just. See, I forgot, it was, the, I forgot it was the third play of the game in Brutal. Seattle. Third Brutal. play. Brutal. And he recovered a fumble on it. I, I never realized that until we watched that interview that he recovers a fumble as it happens. Are you kidding me? It's incredible. When he went out, BYU was ranked 20th. The end. Therefore, BYU <laughs> will be a ranked team with MLB this year. I let's just it. let's just hope he's healthy by game number one. Countdown to the youths. 
150, huh? Okay, nice round number. I, sub 100 is when I really get excited. So I'm just like taking it easy right now. End of May is when that uh, number typically hits. It's going to be May. <laughs> Let's go. Coming up, the Batcats have won eight in a row. Is it purely good coaching? We'll ask the coach, Mike Littlewood. The final four is upon us. No, not the one in Minneapolis. It's the national bracket of BYU themes. This is BYU Sports Nation. Ooh, down to the four. Who's moving on? Let's go. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano goes behind the scenes at BYU's Football Pro Day. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and IGTV. All three Kafusi brothers in attendance. With little Kiki. That was a fun <laughs> visual. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's April Fool's Day BYUSN headlines. What? Hey, no joke here. Why would you set it up like that? I did that purposefully. <laughs> NFL.com's Chad Reuter projecting Sione Takitaki as a third-round pick by the Washington Redskins wow. in the approaching NFL draft. He says, quote, Takitaki should be a force as an attacking inside backer for Washington. The team needs help in the middle after releasing Zach Brown and starter Mason Foster is scheduled to become a free agent in 2020. End quote. Good luck to Sione. BYU baseball beat St. Mary's 5-3 Saturday to sweep the three-game series with the Gales. BYU's won eight in a row, six in a row in league. Tied for first, by the way, with LMU at 7-2. At 21-5 overall, the Batcats, and this is new, now ranked 24th in the Collegiate Baseball newspaper. I didn't know there was a Collegiate Baseball newspaper. Now I know. Now you know. Brock Hale is one of the players of the week. BYU at Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. And how about the Batcats? Last year won 22 games. They've already won 21. Nice to have that little number 24 in front of BYU Baseball. That's great. Number 10, BYU Men's Volleyball. Losing in three sets at number 8 USC on Saturday at the Galen Center. Cougars just 1-7 on the road. Yikes. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the team with nine kills. Only the second time he's been held under double digits in that category this season. BYU 12-10 and 10 overall in the 2019 campaign. And at the Stanford Invitational, Erica Burke-Jarvis broke her fourth school record in the last three months with a 5,000-meter time of 15-38-12, beating the previous record by six seconds. All-Americans Connor, Mance, and Clayton Young ran the fifth and sixth fastest 10,000-meter times in school history as well. In total, 29 Cougars earned regional qualifying marks. Jerem, it's back to the brackets in late March. Let's do this. It is the Tournament of BYU Things. Yes, the Final Four all set after the results of our last two Elite Eight matchups. And by the way, what a weekend of real college basketball. Oh, so fun. yeah. Incredible stuff. Oh, it was great. The matchups uh, in our Tournament of BYU Things, not quite as hotly contested. Royal Blue taking on Stone Cold Sober. Winner moves on to the Final Four and with 72% of the vote, Stone Cold... No, I'm just kidding. It's Royal Blue <laughs> moving on to the Final Four. We're, we're proud of that one, right? Royal Blue? No, of Stone Cold Silver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Cougar Tails beats Caffeinated Soda 63-37. to Now, now I thought that Caffeinated Soda would compete better. I thought this was kind of a 3-4 matchup I here. thought Caffeinated Soda would win. I really did. If we had just put up straight up Coca-Cola, do you think that it would have fared better? I don't know. Instead that, of generically phrased caffeinated soda. Okay, there are uh, certain people out there on uh, the Twitter machine and in social media that strongly believe that 
since caffeine was introduced to campus, there is this curse on the major BYU sports. <laughs> well, maybe this weekend we'll hear something about it. <laughs> People, right? Drinking Coca Cola has nothing, the to, nothing to do with BYU football and BYU maybe, basketball maybe, and their struggles. Maybe we should discuss it on the safety zone, Spencer. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, caffeinated soda goes by the wayside. Cougar Tail's moving into the final four. All right, Jerem, our final four matchups. And leading us off, it is Cosmo against the Stretch. Why? Ooh, this is a big-time one. I think that Cosmo is going to win the tournament. I've thought that the whole time. The Stretch Y is legit. It is an inanimate object, which some of these are. It can be enjoyed but not consumed. Okay, I think that Cosmo... Uh, and, and his his enjoy and consuming his dancing is the thing that's going to move on. And then Royal Blue versus Cougar Tails. This is also an epic matchup. I think we probably have the four best things in here. The only thing that that, that I thought there'd be like a twelve five thing where um, socks um, in sandals would like climb up the board, but it did not. <laughs> Thankfully, it did not. Tunnel singing didn't make it into the top sixteen. What's the most recognizable BYU thing? Is it Cosmo at this point? I mean, if you just if you're just like, like questioning people around the country, yeah, the logo. You yeah. show them the stretch Y, no. and you show them a picture of Cosmo. Wh- yeah. What are they more likely to recognize? Right, but it, this isn't a recognition tournament. This is a just likability tournament, I believe. Like, what do you like more? It's not a what do you recognize more? We haven't thrown out any criteria. We just said here, vote on these two things. What do you like more, Cougar Tails or Royal Blue? I like Jeremy? all of it. I love all of it. <laughs> I'm born and bred, man. I love Final all of four. it. It's a huge week, people. What do you, what do you like the most, then? Um, Since I didn't answer. I probably, in that specific matchup, if I had to yeah. choose one, I'd probably go with Royal Blue. Yeah. What about the other one? Cosmo versus the I really one. don't know. I don't That's know. That's a tough on that one, one, right? That one is That's a like a one up, versus a one. Straight toss up. We may have one V one and then one V one on all of these. Are these all four of the number one seeds that have advanced from the beginning of the bracket? I know the testing center and the parking police were not. That's what I know. Yes. <laughs> yes, I believe these are all these are so there were sixteen things in our tournament of BYU things. I think that these are the one through four seeds. Have we had a single upset in this in your mind? I don't. I, I don't think there's. Yes, been... mission trips. I think was the nine seed over the Wilk, and it beat the eight seed, the Wilk. <laughs> <laughs> if you Is done, that it? If you had done the Cougar Eat, aka the Cougariot, because it's one word. Oh, wait, here's the other thing I was hoping would make it. Did not. Um, f- like freshmen walk on the grass or don't cut the corners on the grass. Those signs. I'm the grass. I'm growing. <laughs> yeah. That my my aunt was at BYU in the nineties, and she said that. Um, you know, don't cut corners on the ground. Like people cut, they put up signs and people mm-hmm. cut off the corners of the signs. That's great. I love that stuff. I had some people on uh, Twitter say, hey, how come you didn't include Jimmer? And how come you didn't include uh, the BYU Creamery? And I was like, what's a March bracket without some controversy? You know, some yeah. blue bloods hey, being left out. The Creamery totally could have put in there. But if we put in Jimmer, he's going to dominate this. We didn't choose to put any athletes in, just like it's BYU things, things it's as opposed things. to people. Cosmo is a BYU thing. Is Cosmo a person? That is, uh, yeah, we could probably discuss that later. But, yeah, he's a mascot. So he goes in here. Our final four matchups all set. Who do you have? Cosmo, the Stretch Y, or Royal Blue, and Cougar Tails. All number one seeds. Uh, a team that is quickly making their way up the rankings and hopefully into another NCAA bracket, BYU Baseball, has won eight 
consecutive games. That's right. Coming up, Mike Littlewood will join us in studio. How did he turn his 22-win team into a 21-5 team this year? And what is the key to winning eight consecutive games in baseball? Such a delicate sport. Very impressive stuff. We get the details from the man. He's back in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Utes and Cougars on the diamond is on the airwaves tomorrow night. First of three games this season where they go head-to-head. Listen to it tomorrow at 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What is the craziest BYU-related story that you actually might believe on April Fool's Day? Max Fillmore answers on Instagram. If I was told that the Big 12 was expanding again and that BYU was a top target to join. Yeah, we're all suckers for that one, I think. (laughs) Not on April Fool's Day. Please, no. Jason Shepard would be at the front of the line for that one. Seriously. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. And in Studio B is a man who just picked up a milestone victory, number 200 yeah. in his career as the head coach of BYU Baseball, Mike Littlewood. Coach, congratulations on Congrats. 200 yeah. wins. Yeah, thanks. I, and I, I was on the radio with Brent Norton going, I'm not sure who came up with 200, like if that's a milestone or whatever. And, and it's awesome. Um, but it was Jordan Christiansen, our SID. He's like, hey, I, I did that, sorry. But it's great. I mean, it, I mean, honestly, if you're here long enough, you're going you're gonna to rack up the wins. Um, and it's not something we count. I mean, I knew that. Like, I knew it was 200 like three days before somebody said something. But uh, it's, it's awesome just to be here and, and have the guys. For me, it's like they're not wins for me. It's all the guys throughout my entire career that go on the field and just lay it out on the line every day. So it, it's kind of awkward to talk about, really. Well, that's why we wanted to bring it up, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> you you've won eight in a row, and this team has, has turned a corner. Um, first off, what does it take to win eight games in a row? That's significant in baseball. Yeah, consistency. Uh, consistency on the mound. Our, our pitching staff has just really, really kept us in games all year long. Um, we haven't let any games get away from us. Uh, Brock Hale is swinging the bat right now, um, and we're getting production all the way through the lineup. So it's just we're playing good defense. Honestly, it's just consistency. Well, it's uh, a nice thing to be at home consistently early yeah. in the season. And that hasn't happened really since you took over. So explain to us what it's like to play a majority of your games in March on your home field. Yeah, it's great. We got the Gonzaga series to move down here. Um, it, it's just, it's a, there's a comfort level. You go out and practice every day on your field, just like any other sport. Uh, you're just, the surroundings are familiar. And so we go on the road this week, home next week, and then we're on the road for a bunch of, a bunch of weeks in a row. But um, there's just a level of comfort at home. Um, sleep in your own bed. The routine's the same. Um, it's just it's just a comfort comforting thing to know you're at home and um, the the background looks the same as you as it does every day and and uh, your fans we had great crowds this week so I would just say that there's more there's more comfort in playing at home than there is on the road especially for young guys who aren't really used to doing that a whole lot. There have been a lot of wins at home, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 13 home wins are the most in a single month since 2005. And a lot of that has to do with one winning, but two, uh, this part of the schedule. When you yeah. knew you were going to play this many at home, was this the part where you said, okay, we've, we've got to go on a nice little run here to set ourselves up? Well, yeah, we want to win games at home. We have to win series at home, for one. Uh, and losing to Gonzaga, then coming back and sweeping St. Mary's in Portland was huge. So we were looking at it as, yeah, we won every series and swept one, you know. Um, but going on the road, USD, we play Utah tomorrow, and then USD on the, on the weekend, it, and then Pepperdine home next week. It just doesn't get easier. And, and I guess that's why we get into this business. You, you want the competition, and 
Uh, just as long as you have Pepto-Bismol by your side, you're good to go. <laughs> so, That's your key? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of the story last week on Thursday. Um when uh, Danny Jelich goes down with an injury, and that's not the funny part. We hope he's doing yeah, all what right. The heck, he has man. a shoulder sprain. But the fact that you turn around and are like, hey, is Jaron here yeah. yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he needs to play. Yep. And then he goes in and makes this crazy catch crashing into the wall and has an immediate impact. He had two RBI in uh, that uh, game as well. But w- what has Jaron Hall and his transition to this BYU baseball team meant to uh, – the depth of your roster. Well, first of all, he's a great kid. He's a he's a great fit culturally. Um, a lot of guys who come in and they think they play football, so they're bigger than the than the baseball program. He's not that way. He's just he said he's like I'm a freshman. I'm trying to learn, and he is. But he's so athletic, and he he has so much to offer. Um, as we see him make this play off the wall, and this was like the first ball hit to him. This is the same play that Danny Jelich got hurt on, yes. ran into the wall. Yes. And then Jaron comes back the next inning and makes just a great play on it. Um, that was a, an instinct play where he deked the guy, got him to stop, and got a, a big out for us. But um, he needs to learn learn how to just – he needs more at-bats. So he hasn't seen – in his high school career, he never saw really good change-ups and really good off-speed stuff. And I would imagine he saw 84 to 86 mile-an-hour fastballs, and now he's seeing 88, 92, and he's seeing really good curveballs. And so he just needs time to, to have at-bats in games and, and get that experience. And sky's the limit. Um, fortunately, we have him here because we don't lose a whole lot if, like, say, Danny Jelic goes down. And uh, Danny's a premier, premier outfielder, one of the best I've ever coached. And so, but Jaron could be that as well, as we, as we saw right there. Now that spring football's over, Jaron's 100% baseball, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I understand. Two times in, in two weeks, the Utah Valley game, I'm like, hey, is Jaron here? It's a fifth inning. We, we might have to use him, and he gets a game-winning hit. And then Jelic goes down, I'm like... Um, is Jaron even here yet? And Coach Herring's like, yeah, he just walked in. So let's use him. So. <laughs> so what kind of leap do you expect potentially at the plate? Because he's a good fielder. I think he's, got, yeah, he's uh-huh. good there. Um, he's four for 28. What kind of, uh, now that he can be 100% baseball, what kind of leap do you expect? Yeah, I mean, slow. It'll be slow because we're going to face a left-hander Thursday that's, that's 93 in, in Murphy for San Diego. And he's going to struggle. I mean, but hopefully his athleticism is just going to allow him to see the ball, hit the ball, and he'll get fooled a few times. And we just need to be patient with him. You clearly wanted to change the culture last year. After going twenty-two and twenty-eight, you're now twenty-one and five. That's crazy. You're one win away from equaling the win total you had last season, and we're not through March yet. That, yeah. that uh, I mean, that's a credit to you and your staff and the players for buying in. But what was the most difficult part about that process of changing the culture so that you can get to this point? Well, the the toughest part is just letting go of the guys who are part of your family. That you know, it's just there. Some guys were married and just like weren't really into it, and some guys I felt like were cultural issues, had cultural issues with the team, um, and so we just needed to we just needed to make changes, and that was the toughest part. And then obviously. You you try to you're hoping the guys you brought in understand what the culture's like, but what what the big difference on this team is, we have so many senior leaders and junior leaders. But I mean, all of our seniors from Jordan Wood and Brock Hale and Noah Hill and Keaton Kringlin, I can name just Casey Jacobson who doesn't play every single day, but he he's such a leader. We don't have captains this year simply because I think it would be unfair to name two guys captains when we have 12 guys that could be captains. And so it's worked this year for us. And I think that one thing, that leadership from top to bottom uh, and the freshmen buying in, everybody on the same page has been huge for us this year. There have been a lot of notable guys who have contributed to this change, like you mentioned. I want to highlight one of them, Jackson Clough. Sometimes guys have mentioned him. Yeah, take Jackson. a minute um, to get back from a mission and yeah. get into it. He has not. Why? 
because I mentioned this to Dave McCann. He, he plays 100%, 100% of the time. He gives everything. He's a coach on the field. I know he wanted to play shortstop. He said that on the show. But I thought early that, Jackson, that uh, Carson Matthews was probably the best shortstop. And, and Jackson was, was coaching him. Hey, coach wants this out of you here. You need to do this on picks. And this is where you need to be on picks. He didn't care about, like, I'm not going to tell him that because if he fails, then I'm going to move into that spot. I put him at second. He played a great second. I put him at third. He played a great third. I put him at short, and he's playing like the best shortstop in our in our conference right now. But he does things just he, – he gives it everything he's got, and I think he holds everybody else accountable that's on the field, even us. I mean, he'll talk to us about, hey, what do you think about – and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe we should do that. <laughs> I, could, I could switch you. I could play short a little bit, and maybe you could go to third base. But, I mean, he's just that kind of guy that you want on your team. And, I mean, I think he's a pro prospect. Um, he's he's in, Quickly, he's turned himself into a pro prospect already. Just an awesome guy, an awesome player. The man exudes swag. Jeremy and I had this conversation. Like, he walks <laughs> yeah, around and yeah. like, oh, he's got he so much swag. He's got it. You know it when you see it, right? Yeah. yeah. Carries yeah. himself with the... Not hot. arrogant, but you know, you know he's ready to play. Yeah. Okay, uh, before you go, um, Coach, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Jason Shepard. What's more enjoyable, sitting in with us on BYU Sports Nation or struggling through an interview with uh, with our guy Shep. Struggling? Well, I mean, I do everything I possibly can to help Shep get through, <laughs> get through that interview. You know, I just say, hey, just just ask me an open-ended question and let me take it from there. <laughs> I just, hey, Shep's out. He's a part of our team. He's out at practice every single day. Are you going to give him a jersey? He, like a number? No, no, we're not. Uh-uh. <laughs> if we do, it'd be zero. So. <laughs> and we don't have a zero. But, he, hey, he's, he knows us intimately. He's with us and he's part of, yeah, he, he's an awesome guy. Does an awesome job. Yeah, Amen to that. Yep. He is. He is fantastic. Shep, we love you, man. <laughs> You're the ultimate uh, pinch hitter, brother. I'll see you, yeah, see you at we, 11. If we, yeah, exactly. If we don't make fun of you, we don't like you. Exactly. That's right. yeah, that's exactly. Right. exactly. Coach, great to have you with us. Let's Thanks, give you some guys. BYU Sports Nation karma it. for tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, Utah, Let's do it. And at San Diego. Yeah, we'll take week, it. Right? Tough week. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Coming up, the latest with Jimmer Fredette in the NBA. And today's Rise and Shouts are all about... The Batcats, who we just discussed in detail. We're not done yet. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Moroni Lau Luputu Tau of BYU Football, and Mike Littlewood, the head coach of the Batcats and BYU Baseball. Miss any of the show? What should they do, Jerem? They should download the podcast yes. or watch on BYUSN.com. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Yoni Takitaki to be a third-round pick by the Washington Redskins. Jordan Leslie had two catches for nine yards in an 8-3 Salt Lake Stallions win (laughs) over the San Diego Fleet. Baseball. BYU Baseball beat St. Mary's 5-3 Saturday to sweep the three-game series with the Gales. At 21-5, the Bad Cats are now ranked 24th in the Collegiate Baseball newspaper. Brock Hale's one of the players of the week as well. BYU at Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Volleyball. Number 10 BYU lost in three sets at number 8 USC on Saturday. Cougars 1-7 on the road. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the team with nine kills. BYU now 12-10 overall on the season. Track and field. At the Stanford, in, uh, Stanford Invitational, Erica Burke-Jarvis broke her fourth school record in the last three months with a 5,000-meter time of 15-38-12. 28 other Cougars also earned regional qualifying marks. Tennis. The 42nd-ranked BYU men's tennis team continues an outstanding season. They upset West Coast Conference foe and number 24 yeah! San Diego 4-3 on Saturday. Palindrome upset. Yes. And the women's team lost 4-0 to number 37 San Diego. 
swimming and diving. Peyton Sorensen representing BYU this Saturday at the Swimming and Diving Championships last weekend. Sorensen finished his career as a Cougar by taking 20th in the 50-yard freestyle with a time of 19.28 before clocking a time of 42.88 in the 100-yard freestyle to place 31st. Golf. That was the NCAA championship, so season done. Uh, congratulations on another great season. Peter Quest for perfection, tied for third at the Goodwin Saturday at Stanford. Cougars finished in ninth place as a team. Women's golf competing at the Bruzzy today. Tomorrow in Argyle, Texas. What is that? And the Lantana Golf Club. The Bruzzy? Yep. Softball. Brigham dropped two at Texas A&M. 3-2 and 4-0. Cougars 13-18 and on the year. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Brandonius Davies scored seven points, pulled down eight rebounds, and had three assists. He recorded a steal on the block as well. Didn't turn the ball over once in a Zalgiris 22-point win over Liet Cabellis. And Charles Abu had 20 points, six steals, and three rebounds in a Blois 101-81 win in France. Rugby. The Utah Warriors, featuring several former BYU Cougars, lost 64-31 to the Toronto Arrows. Former Cougar Jackson Kaka scored one of the five Warriors tries. That was a record-breaking game on Saturday. I was there. It was wild. Good gravy. That's a lot of points. That's all I have to say about it. Today's rise and shout-outs. Go to, for one, Mike Littlewood. And he said it's awkward to talk about it, but 200 wins this early in his career. He has absolutely changed the expectations and the level of play for BYU baseball. And BYU baseball overall for me, eight straight, seven and two in league play, six straight wins in league. Awesome. Our question of the day, what's the craziest BYU-related story that you would believe on April Fool's Day? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at Toshalin19 on Twitter. Remember when Matt Carlino announced he was transferring on April 1st? That was the worst. It actually happened. That was what was so crazy about it. Real news, not fake news. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to every member of the 1981 BYU men's basketball team and Boney Fowler. <laughs> See you tomorrow on BYU One Sports Nation. Day.